In this particular passage, uh, the subject here is Jesus' prayer. Jesus praying to the Father. And uh, I don't know about you, but I would like to be there when Jesus is praying. I would like to be able to hear Jesus pray. And I would like to hear what he is saying. Well, he's still praying at the right hand of the Father. He's still making intercession for us at the right hand of the Father. But we get to tap into, or we have the words that Jesus was praying to the Father in this particular passage. And I'm just going to highlight a few of the verses in this particular passage of Scripture. But we'll begin today in verse 20. It says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. So Jesus said, I'm not just praying for these, meaning his disciples, his present followers, but I'm praying also for those who shall believe on me through their word. And understanding that we all have believed through their word. Maybe it came generation after generation after generation down the line, but nevertheless, the apostles uh, who were the disciples formerly uh, pen scripture, and we have the Word of God as a result of their preaching and teaching, and the scriptures have been given to us. So Jesus was not only praying for them, but Jesus was praying for us. And it's good to know that Jesus is in your corner, that Jesus is on your side, that Jesus is praying for you. Now then he, uh, in this prayer, Uh, in verse 21, says that they all may be one. So his prayer is that we would all be one. Meaning those that believe on him, he said in verse 20, believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou, Father. And then he describes the kind of oneness and unity that he wanted in the body of Christ. Thou, Father, in me, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. So Jesus just gives us insight in his prayer. He's praying for us to be one or one body in unity and what that was going to produce. In other words, if we would be one as the Father and Jesus are one, it's going to cause the world to believe. It says that they may be one even as we are one. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. So obviously, according to this verse, the world is watching. Uh, people are observing. People are watching. People are listening. And people are paying attention to you when you don't realize they do. They're not just listening to you when you're talking to them. They're listening to you when you're talking. They're not just uh, watching you when you are uh, personally engaging with them. They're watching in all of your life. In all of your lifestyle, in your conduct, your words, your attitude, your communication, your behavior, how you serve people. How you treat people. What is your lifestyle? 
So Jesus is saying, people are going to believe because of your oneness together. Because of your unity together. So we, the church, are the body of Christ, which means everybody in the body of Christ. Everyone in the uh, church at large, not only one local church, but all the body of Christ. He said, your unity is going to be a picture for the world, and it's going to cause them to believe that the Father has sent Jesus. And we understand that Jesus was sent with purpose. Jesus was sent with divine purpose. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have what everlasting life. So uh, God sent his son with a divine destiny and a divine purpose. And so Jesus came to this earth and he came on a mission. And obviously all that he did in his earthly ministry and life was, a, was an image of God. The Father was a picture of God because he came not to do his own will but the will of the Father that sent him. And he, he did the works of the Father. He spoke the words of the Father. And so, so all of his life in the earth was a picture or an image of God. And he said, now, uh, when I go away, you are going to be the light of the world. He was a light while it was here, but when he departs and goes to heaven, he's leaving us as a light to this world, as a picture of the love of God in this earth. And you and I can participate with Jesus' prayer. We can work together with God in the earth from heaven. Amen. God's will in heaven would be done in the earth. So unity is the picture that God is desiring for us to portray, to communicate to a world who needs to see where a world is divided, where people are divided, where people are angry, where people are bitter, where people are hurting, where people are broken. God has an answer to the world, and it is Jesus. It is Jesus and Him crucified, and Jesus doesn't just live In heaven, Jesus lives in his body. Jesus lives in the body of Christ. So we then are the image of God to the world. We are a picture of God to the world. We are going to show the world Jesus or maybe not. But our unity can uh, exemplify the love of God to the world. Because the world does not know God. They don't know God. They don't, Jesus said they don't know Him. But they're going to believe because of our unity. And how is this unity going to be affected? Of course, Jesus is going to die. Jesus is going to be buried. Jesus is going to be raised. Jesus is going to provide redemption to the human race. And anyone can believe and anyone can be saved. And anyone can have a relationship with God. Anyone can be reconciled to God. Anyone can know the Father personally. And anyone can have Jesus Christ living on the inside of them. Jesus living in their heart by faith in Jesus. And by faith in the blood of Jesus, they can have a relationship with God. Anyone. That's why the scripture says, whosoever will, let him come and take of the waters of life freely. So the gift of eternal life is offered to everyone and anyone can come and partake of this life that comes from Jesus Christ. 
So unity is going to come out of this union with Christ. He said that they would be one as we are one. So let's go further in this verse. He says, That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, in verse 21, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may know. Think about it. As we are one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. Now, how do we get in Him or in Christ or in God? How do we get in Him? It's by believing, right? But our union with Christ needs to be displayed or demonstrated by our unity. So what's in us can come out of us. What has been placed in your spirit can come out of you so that others can see it. Others can hear it. You can be the light of the world. You can. The actual theme of scripture of this church is in Philippians 2 verses 15 and 16. I'll just uh, portion it out. It says, you shine as lights in the world. What? Holding forth the word of life. So you are a light to this world. You are a light, a demonstration of the Father, a demonstration of Jesus. You show the world that Jesus came. The world that may not believe that God loves them. In most cases, you know, if they're not saved, they don't believe that God loves them. But God proved his love. Toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God proved His love. He proved it by action. The world doesn't just need to hear our words. They need to see our action. They don't need to just hear that Jesus loves you. They need to see by action that Jesus loves you. And because He loves you, we love you. For God so loved the world. Notice that everyone is included in God's love. No one is excluded from God's love. Jesus' cross was proof that God loves the whole world. He's not just forgiven our sins. He's forgiven the sins of anyone who will believe. Thank you, Jesus. That's good news. Verse 22, that the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. That they, the body of Christ, those who believe on Jesus may be one even as we are one. There's this phrase that is found in the New Testament numerous times about the love of God. And the love of God is we are admonished To love even as God loved us. Even as Christ loved us. We should love just like Jesus loves us. We should love just like God loves us. How is that possible? Well, it starts with your being put in Christ or in union with Christ or one with Christ, one with God, one with the Father. You're one with Christ, so therefore you have something abiding in your heart called the love of God. 
and the love of God. According to Romans 5 and 5, it says, And hope makes not ashamed. How? Because the love of Christ or the love of God is shed abroad or poured forth into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So you've been born of God. According to 1 John 4, it says that you've been born of God. You've been born of love because God is love. And so therefore, you have been born of God. You've been born again, recreated in this new life, in this new love of God. It's on the inside of you. It's part of who you are. It's who you are in Christ. That's God in you. Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So when you have Christ in you, it gives you hope. And hope, again in Romans 5, 5, and hope makes not a shame. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. So the love of God in your heart enables you to fulfill your hope. And you don't come up ashamed. The end of your hope is not shame. The end of your hope is gain. The end of your hope is your dream is fulfilled. Dr. King had a dream. He had a dream. A hope. And because the love of God was shed abroad in his heart by the Holy Spirit and he by a peaceful demonstration with the love of God he had hope. He had faith in God that a generation could change and the generations to come would be altered forever. Why? Because he had a dream. And he did it motivated by love. In love and care for people, the human race, he had a dream. And when you have a dream and the love of God is shed abroad in your heart and the motivating force of your life is love for God, and for people. When you have a dream and the motivating uh, course of your life and the thing that gives you drive, gives you uh, hope and gives you uh, a dream, that thing that burns in your heart makes things that look impossible possible. It makes you go upstream. It causes you, like a salmon, to swim upstream, to lay its eggs. Go against the norm. Go against the natural stream that seems to be taking us in the current of the world system. But there's a greater current that flows right out of heaven. It is a current of the Holy Spirit. It is a power that will face the obstacles that says what looks impossible. It can happen because I have a dream and I have a hope and I have a desire and I have a love that motivates me to move into action. And dreams don't just happen. They happen because people act. People have a voice and they let it be heard. People have a power to act and they do something with what they know. And so life changes. 
Not just for them, but for others. So the dream lives on. Where we go from here is determined by us. Dr. King made great sacrifices. Others made great sacrifices. And we remember their sacrifice. And we honor their sacrifice. But what will we do from here? What you do today is going to make the difference in the future. The generations to come are determined by what we do today. What our voice says today. Will we have a voice of truth? Will we have a voice of hope? Will we have a voice of love? Will we have a voice of concern? Will we have a voice of compassion? Will we come to a place in the church, in the body of Christ, that we are indeed one? The dream of being one is God's dream. The dream of being one was started by the Father. Hallelujah. Who sent His Son. Who died in our place. And yet was raised again and forever sits at the right hand of the Father and He stands for us. And the blood of Jesus is still speaking from heaven. Not everyone believes that God loves them, but God proved His love in the person of His Son. Not everyone believes that you love them, but Perfect love proves itself. In other words, the love of God in your heart will be demonstrated so that others will come to a place of believing that Jesus loves them, that God loves them, and that you too as well love them. Love is born in your heart, but it must be shared with others. And that is a choice that we all must make. And you're faced with those choices every day of your life. More than you know, more than you realize, you're faced with those choices. Am I going to respond in love or am I going to react to the world's behavior? Or even to people in the body of Christ who are very immature in their manner of life. How am I going to respond? Am I going to respond in the love of God or am I going to react to people's behavior? And let them control me rather than me control myself. But the best way to live is in self-control. Controlled by the love of God that is shed abroad in your heart. It's a personal revelation of Jesus Christ. He lives on the inside of you. And if we live as one, walk as one, speak as one, believe as one, trust God as one, and live together in unity and harmony with mutual love and respect, what's going to happen? The world is going to see Jesus and they're going to see him in us. They're going to see Christ in you, which is a hope of glory. He says that they may be one as we are one. Remember verse 22, that the glory which thou gavest me, I've given them, that they may be one. So this glory resides in us. I and them, again describing verse 23, I and them and thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. The world may know 
again. The world may know. The world's going to know. Now we understand, he says, that they may be made perfect in one. Now I happen to believe that Jesus' prayer is in the process of being answered. We may not be perfect. There is no perfect church that I'm aware of. When you find it, when you go, then it's messed up. All right. I'm looking for a perfect church. Well, why go? You might mess it up then. The reality is we don't live in a perfect world. We have, in many cases, in the world that we live in, injustice. But God is a rock. His work is perfect. And all His ways are judgment. All His ways are judgment. God is a rock. His works are perfect. The scripture says he perfects that which concerns you. His work is perfect. He's a God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. God is a God of justice. Justice does not always happen overnight. But justice will come. Justice in many cases has come. But not in all because we are not in a perfect world. And not everyone is perfect. Not everyone is just. We live in a world of injustice in many cases. But God is just. And what justice is not clearly served down here will be served up there. Because God is just. So his perfection, his process of perfecting, his process in us, which Christianity is initially, instantly a new birth when you're born again. So you become a new creation in Christ the moment you're saved. The moment you're saved, you have God's love on the inside of of you, in your heart. But sometimes people's heads... Are not yet notified. In other words, what's between your ears is not necessarily representative of who you are in Christ. So a transformation has to take place. In other words, an altering of your thinking, a way of thinking, a new way of thinking. He said, My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. But he didn't say he didn't share his thoughts with you. His word is full of his thoughts, his ideas. It represents who he is, what he has done, who you are, what he's given you, what you can do in and through Christ. The Bible is full. Of God's thoughts. And you can know his thoughts. His acts he revealed to the children of Israel. His ways unto Moses. You can know his ways. You can know the ways of the Father. You can fulfill the will of God in your life. You can fulfill your destiny. 
And a part of your destiny is being one with the body of Christ, refusing division. There are those in our world and even in the church world that choose to divide the body of Christ rather than unite. And I say to you, let God be true. And every man a liar. Anyone who does not agree with him is outside of line with the truth. It's just the way it is. You say, that's narrow. Well, that's the way we've chosen. Narrow is the way that leads to life. I haven't chosen a broad way that leads to destruction. I've chosen a narrow way that leads to Jesus, leads to life, leads to eternity with Him, and it leads to truth and light, and we don't have to walk in darkness, but we can walk in the light, even as He is in the light. So the choice in our lives is what are we going to believe? The choice in our lives are what are we going to do? I cannot change history, but I can change the future. And every one of us are making history today. Your story is still being written. Your life is still being written. What you do is going to be what you leave. And so if we choose to be those who unify the body of Christ, unify together with a divine destiny and a purpose, we can make a difference in our world and we can say God is good. Amen. And Jesus is Lord. And God loves the world. God loves people. And he has a way to get to them. And if we'll be a picture of that love in our words, in our deeds, in our action, I'll tell you, I believe Jesus will be manifest to their life. In other words, Jesus will make himself real to them. People are looking. People are listening. People are watching. And people are waiting for you to speak and for you to act. They're paying more attention than you know they are. 2 Corinthians, if you'll turn there with me, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we will look at beginning with verse 18. Verse 18, and all things are of God. Speaking of those who are in Christ, new creations according to verse 17. All things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And have given to us a ministry of reconciliation. All things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. God has reconciled us to himself. How? By Jesus. You've been reconciled. Reconciled simply means that you've been restored to a place of favor and friendship with God. You've been reconciled, restored to a place of friendship with God. But he said as well that you've been given a ministry of reconciliation. In other words, you are to tell the world that they have been reconciled. The reconciliation was done through Jesus. You're not reconciled by your own works or your own deeds or on your own good acts or What you can do to somehow appease God. But you are reconciled by what Jesus did. So you've been reconciled. Tell the world. Show the world. That we have been reconciled. 
to wit, to know that God was in Christ. Verse 19, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed to us a word of reconciliation. God was in Christ reconciling. Restoring the world to favor with himself. Not imputing their trespasses. Amplified Bible says, not counting up and holding against me and their trespasses. Not counting up and holding against me and their trespasses, but canceling them. In other words, God in the person of Christ canceled your sin debt. But canceling them. Thank you, Jesus. And committed to us a message of reconciliation, of restoration to favor. Barclay says, the fact is that God was acting in Christ to turn the world's enmity to himself into friendship. He was not holding men's sins against them. And that he placed upon us the privilege of taking to men who are hostile to God or hostile to him this offer of friendship. Taking to men who are hostile toward him this offer of friendship. So the foundation of your relationship with God is the reconciliation that occurred in the redemptive work of Christ. In other words, you don't have a right relationship with God without his death, his burial, and his resurrection. You don't have a right relationship with God without without Jesus shedding his blood. But Jesus did shed his blood. Jesus did die. Jesus was buried. Jesus was raised from the dead. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And the work of redemption is complete. And the blood of Jesus was placed in the mercy seat of heaven and the holy of holies. So God has completed this work of redemption so that every person could be reconciled to God. And God's given us the ministry of reconciliation, of restoring the world of favor and friendship with himself. Given us a message or the word of reconciliation to tell the world what Jesus has done. I got to tell somebody. You got to tell somebody. We got to tell somebody. We got to show somebody that Jesus really is Lord. Hallelujah. So the foundation of our reconciliation to God or our right relationship with God is what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection. The foundation of our reconciliation with men is that we've been reconciled to God. In other words, when you're reconciled to God, you want to reconcile others to him. And if they're reconciled to him, then reconciled to us. Reconciliation begins with an understanding of what Jesus has done. It's like the old song used to say, give me that old time religion. And some of you probably, where did that come from? It says it makes you love everybody. It makes you love everybody. 
Well, what is this old-time religion is a relationship with God based on the blood of Jesus, based on the death and resurrection of Christ, based on the Word of God, based on God and what Jesus has done for us. Thank God we have something on the inside that supersedes the world's current. And we can go upstream when it seems like other people are going the other way. But on the way up, let's get them turned around. And I believe God's in the turnaround business. He can turn a life around. It's amazing what God can do in an amazing new birth that can occur, can change a life. No matter what their past has been, their future could turn around to be something wonderful and bright in the future. It's amazing what the power of the Holy Spirit can do in a heart, in a life, and their testimony sitting all over this room. You heard the gospel. You believed the gospel. You adhered to the gospel. You confessed that Jesus is Lord. Sin dropped off your life, and drugs dropped out of your life, burned out of your life by the Holy Spirit and the truth of God's Word. And Freedom came to your life, and sin did no longer control you. It no longer bound you. It no longer held you back. Thank God Jesus set you free. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Somebody say, God is good. We'll give you one more translation of this verse. It says, Jordan's translation. God was in Christ, hugging the world to himself. A genuine love and a genuine embrace that is caring can heal. God was in Christ, hugging the world, drawing the world unto himself. On the cross, he became sin for us. Hugging the world to himself. No longer keeps track of men's sins. And has placed in us his concern for getting together. Has placed in us his concern for getting together. In other words, God wants to get people together. The devil is in the business of dividing God is in the business of unifying. Sometimes people are in the business of dividing. But people can choose to be in the business of uniting. And unity will bring power to the body of Christ. When there is unity, there is anointing, there is power, there is then demonstration, and God demonstrates his goodness to this world. And people see Jesus, and they see the real Jesus. They see the real Jesus that not only talks love, but walks in love. That not only speaks about a God who loves them, but they act in the love of God. They love not just in word only, but in deed and in truth. There is an expression of the love of God in word, but there is an expression of the love of God in action. And 
And the proof of God's love was not just in his word, but in his action. So God has this concern about getting people together. The devil has been dividing since Adam. Sin is a dividing force. Righteousness. Righteousness, real righteousness. Not self-righteousness. God's righteousness. So... We don't have this self-appointed righteousness. In other words, by our own goodness. You can see that in religion. In generations past, that it tends to divide. But when it's God's righteousness and we see right and we see the way God sees and we see the love of God and we see beyond even the color of a person's skin, we see not only their skin color, but we see the content of their character, which is what Dr. King basically said. No, no man after the flesh. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature in Christ. Dr. King's, call it a speech, I call it a sermon. He was a preacher. He said this, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will, know, not, they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. It's so important that we look beyond Perception would be wonderful if you could just have character automatically. But character is something that you develop. Character is something that you grow. It comes out of who you are. We should never judge by the color of skin, but by the content of character. I'm grateful today because I pastor people of all different races that you have not judged me by the color of my skin, but by the content of my character. Who you are is not just based on skin color. Who you are is who you are. He also said, one day, right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to hold hands, join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. It's a picture of the body of Jesus and the love of God. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Shall see it together. God is endeavoring to get His glory visible. His glory is seen by the way we live our lives.
And when this happens, and when we allow freedom to ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we'll be able to speed up that day when all God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing. In the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Hallelujah. Thank God Almighty. We are free at last. Thank God Almighty. There is freedom. We've come a long way and there's ways to go. But I'll tell you, I'm thankful today that we're living a dream that Dr. King dreamed. God's dream, I believe a dream that God put in his heart and it's the dream of God that lives on and it should live in us and we live this dream but we've got to give it to others. We've got to pass the torch and we've got to talk about it. We've got to sing about it. We've got to preach about it. We've got to act it out. We've got to live it out. We've got to live the dream and when we live the dream, people can see this dream lives on and God will bring unity to the body of Christ. So it's our choice today. Will we uh, align ourselves with division or will we align ourselves with unity and love and kindness and mutual respect and consideration for others and treat others the way we would love to be treated with the same dignity that we would love to receive and when we walk out the love of God the love of God is real it's visible it's tangible people can see it People can feel it. People will receive it. Because people want to know what's real. Deep in the heart, there is this inner desire to know what's real. To know real love. Even those that reject it. Inwardly, they want it. They thirst for it. They hunger for it. And if they knew, if they would just make a simple adjustment to receive it, it's right there all the time. God loves us, and he loves us all. Whether we're Asian, Hispanic, black or white, no matter what the skin color, the tone, no matter what the culture, God loves the human race. And Jesus died for the sins of all. And anybody, whosoever will, can come to Jesus Christ. And we can be a part of a movement called the love of God, the life of Christ, the unity of the Spirit, one Father, one God, one Spirit, one Lord. Hallelujah. One body. We can be the body of Jesus Christ that the world can see is a light to this world.